Hey, everybody. Brian Sussman here. It's the Brian Sussman Show. Thank you for joining me. Let's get right into it with our series, Skyjacked. This is going to be a very important episode within that series. We're going to be talking about the designer pollutant. The designer pollutant. Something in the sky you can't see, you can't smell, you can't taste. Oh, it's there. There's no question about it. We're talking about carbon dioxide. But is it a pollutant? We'll talk about that in just a moment. In the news today, I'm really struck by a commentary written by Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager is, of course, a very competent, conservative voice, very rational individual who, by the way, I didn't realize this until I was reading the commentary today. I did not realize that he actually went to graduate school at Columbia's School of International Affairs to study communism. Here's what he says. In my wildest dreams, I never imagined what I was studying would ever apply to the United States of America. Well, friends, this is what I've been writing about for some time with my books, Climategate and Eco-Tyranny, and the new book that I'm writing as well to be talked about at a future date. But Dennis Prager goes on to say, I assume that communism was, for various reasons, something that happened elsewhere. What were those various reasons? One was the absence of freedom in the history of those countries. Another was that all those countries were, with the exception of Cuba, outside of Western civilization. All these years later, I say I was wrong. Communism, or if you will, left-wing fascism or totalitarianism, is coming to America. And he mentions Canada and Australia and New Zealand. I'm going to stop for just a moment you can see how this has happened, and it has so much to do with the climate agenda that we've been talking about in this series, Skyjacked. Again, if you're just joining us in this series, and, and if you have been with us all the way through, I'll cut to the chase for you. The, the first ecologists were all communists. They were, a couple of them were direct disciples of Karl Marx. I mean, they had been taught by the master himself. The term ecology was coined by a communist. And you can go right on down the line of, of all of the ecologists who decided environmentalism would be a key, a weapon, if you will, to bring forth communism. Rachel Carson, who wrote the book, Silent Spring, which it's the book is 50 years old. You can still find it on bookshelves, even though it's just it's loaded with with scientific lies. Uh, you can also read Population Bomb from Paul Ehrlich, written in 1968, which we were talking about in a couple uh, couple episodes ago. Paul Ehrlich is a progressive. He might say democratic socialist, but. At the end of the day, it's communism. It's, it's just amazing. Our, our universities, Dennis Prager writes here, have become moral and intellectual wastelands, almost as ideologically as pure as Moscow State University in the Soviet Union era. Our medical schools are embracing Soviet-like science. More and more of them, incoming doctors are instructed not to use terms male and female. Harvard Medical School officials use the terms pregnant and 
birthing people rather than pregnant women. Children's hospitals are using hormone blockers and mutilating perfectly healthy teenagers. Students at elite law schools like Stanford and Yale behave as if they're members of the Soviet Communist Youth League. On rare occasions that conservative speakers come to their campuses to give a lecture, students heckle and shout and curse them. Well, I've, I've experienced that personally. Disrupting their ability to speak in ways reminiscent of the Hitler Youth of the 1930s. What, what did we see in the Capitol just yesterday? Some kooks in, the, in a state capitol, in a state house, were literally chanting, no action, no peace. No action, no peace. Do you understand what that means? If you don't do things our way, we're going to let all hell break loose. You want peace? Only, it, it only comes when we get our way. This is disgusting. And of all the greatest freedoms, Dennis Prager writes, that of speech is disappearing. It's, it's amazing because since Vladimir Lenin, when he took over Russia in the early 1900s, and he was a disciple of Karl Marx, oh, was he a disciple, and he embraced, as you heard in earlier episodes, he embraced the Green Movement. No left-wing institution or country has ever allowed dissent. And the left in America, which is elected and and defended by liberals is no exception. Already almost half of all college students say they do not believe in free speech for because of hate speech. In other words, they, they mean that they are all for suppressing all the speech, hate speech, with which the left differs. In other words, if you say something I don't like, that's hate speech, and I can silence you. You don't have the right to say it. Friends, this is, and I'm going to talk about this in a future podcast, this is all about property rights. Do you realize your property is everything you own, physical and between the ears? And they're trying to not just take away your physical property, but they want to take away what's between your ears either. You are not allowed to have your beliefs, especially if your beliefs are the Christian religion. Because, oh, well, then for sure you're an intolerant hater. It's, it's incredible. Teachers across the country are, are robbing children as young as five years old of their innocence. They're talking about drag queens and bringing in drag queens and bringing in non-binaries and bringing in transsexuals. They're, they're five years old. They're in grade school. They haven't hit puberty yet. The aim, of course, is that American schools from first grade to postgraduate, what they want to make you believe is that sex gender is non-binary. That means in all of the animal kingdom, all of the animal kingdom, human beings are not sexually divided into male and female. Do you see the insanity here, friends? Now, I just want to speak for a moment to my... uh, I, I don't ever want to criticize my Christian brother and sister. The Bible is very, very uh, clear about calling brothers and sisters names. So I don't want to go there. And I will be very, very careful to respect my Christian brother and sister. But friends, brothers, sisters, we got to be talking about this in the church. 
this, this mentality, this communist, overreaching, crazy, delusional mentality is trampling on God's word. Beginning with this non-binary thing. God created man and women. Man, man, and, man and woman. Two genders, two sexes. That's it. We've got to stand up for the truth. Communism is intolerant to Christianity. When Karl Marx was first being, when he was first developing his philosophy, he was at the University of Berlin. He was a member of a group called the Young Hegelians. They were followers of George Hegel. The Young Hegelians had a single goal, quote, liquidate Christianity. Christianity is incompatible with communism. You have to understand that. Talk to our brothers and sisters in China right now. Untold millions in re-education camps and gulags. Talk to any brother or sister you know who used to live in the former Soviet Union and was a Christian. I've met some of these people before. The, the people who have done time in, did time in prisons horrible prisons for their faith. Friends, we got to wake up. This is something we've got to be talking about. We have to be talking about this. We can't sit back and pretend like it doesn't exist. We can't sit back and say, I don't want to offend anybody. You know what? Sometimes the truth hurts. It can be very, very offensive. The truth hurts. It can be very, very offensive. Now, isn't it interesting? I haven't even gotten to the topic of the day <laughs> in, in our discussion on Skyjacked. But I'll get to it right now. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just getting so wound up. But uh, maybe you'd like to hear my Good Friday message instead. <laughs> maybe I should just go there. No, I really am giving a, a, a talk tonight. And I'm going to be talking about the blood of Messiah Yeshua. This is, this is the stuff the communists hate. And as you just heard from that message from Dennis Prager, the commentary, uh, it's growing in America. You've had an entire generation indoctrinated. Now they've come of age. Ephesians 1, New Testament, verses 7 through 10. In him we have redemption. In him, Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings, sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. God loves us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to give us life and life abundant and life and life eternal. He wants to see us made whole, our sins forgiven. Our, he wants to see us healed. But wait, there is more. Yes, he redeems us through his blood. But listen to this, John chapter 6, he's the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. See, this is, this is taken right out of the Seder dinner, the Passover dinner, with the third cup of wine, the cup of sanctification. Jesus sanctifies us through his death on the cross. And then there's the three matzah breads, and the one in the middle is called the bread of affliction, which was broken and distributed amongst the disciples. 
just as it's broken in every Passover meal. Jesus said, take this, take this bread, this is my body, click, broken for you. We have redemption through his blood. It's the primary work of Messiah. And this is why he's so patient with us, because he's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Wow. When we repent, God is releasing us from the stranglehold of sin with the ransom, his blood. I guess we're not going to get to the subject of skyjacked today. <laughs> I have some friends in Nigeria who I've told you about in other podcasts. My friends tell me that uh, there's, there's something called the kidnapping hour. I guess it's after dark, 9, 10 o'clock at night, the kidnapping hour. Kidnappings take place all the time. People do it for ransoms. It's just a way to get money, especially if they can find a, a foreigner, an American in particular. One lawmaker in Nigeria says kidnapping has become the most virulent form of banditry in Nigeria and the most pervasive and intractable violent crime in the country. So how are the lawmakers in Nigeria dealing with this? They're going to outlaw ransoms. They think that will stop. I mean, it seems to me kidnapping's already a crime. Now they're going to outlaw ransoms. Friends, this is just like what Satan would like you to, like you to believe about the blood of Jesus. They would like you to believe that it's religious superstition, semi-barbaric. They, they want to mock you just the way Jesus was mocked for saying he was the bread of life. What's really fascinating is that in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20, as well as Romans chapter 6, verse 8, Paul, who's writing here, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul says, we have died with Messiah Jesus. We have died with him. Divine forgiveness understands there has been an execution of the penalty and the price has been paid. Paid in the precious blood of Messiah. Paid, period. Past, present, future sins, forgiven. That doesn't mean you can go on and sin as much as you like. doesn't mean that at all. But what it means is your past sins are in the rearview mirror so far back, God can't see them. And what's happening in the present or may happen in the future that's contrary to God's will, guess what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, that doesn't give you license to keep sinning, but that says when we sincerely get on our face and repent, let's go back to this main message here. God forgives us according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. His grace abounds and is available to all. This is a mystery, friends. We won't completely comprehend all of this until we're with him in heaven. But in the meantime, if we died with him, we need to start acting like it. And we need to start praying for this nation. And we need to be praying for this world. And not only that, but we need to be giving thanks, recounting our blessings. Here's Isaiah chapter 63, verse 7. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us. 
He has bestowed upon you so much, friends. If you just stop and think back upon your life, yeah, there may have been some really bad times, horrible times, in fact. But if you can just look hard enough, you will see the mercy of the Lord. It might have been a lot worse. You might have been spared even more pain. It's a great mystery. We'll know all of this when we finally when we finally get to our, our home, our final destination. <laughs> but in the meantime, we've got a lot of work to do here. And I know I've got a lot of work to do in terms of this green agenda and getting the truth out so people are no longer brainwashed drones marching to a drummer that is playing some pretty weird music, folks. And that's where we stand. I hope you have a tremendous, tremendous weekend, whatever those plans may entail. Of course, this is our Good Friday broadcast. Weekend's coming. For a lot of you, that means uh, Sunday services. Anyway, I just hope you have a, a really wonderful, blessed time. And may you allow the truth to set you free. We will continue with our Skyjacked series next week. Until then, my friends briansussman.com also my Facebook page Brian Sussman Show and for daily doses of inspiration Instagram at Brian Sussman Show God bless you my friends until next time